You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered in iTunes and online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in today again. We've got a great show for you talking about portfolio margin and how it can maybe enhance or improve your returns in your portfolio and talking a little bit more about the benefits, drawbacks, risks, and all the questions kind of surrounding portfolio margin. But first, obviously, I want to talk to you guys or tell you this one thing that it means the world to me that you guys tune in and listen to my show each week. Now, whether you listen on the way to work or at the gym with your spouse, with your kids, some people say they listen to it in the shower, whatever the case is, I really, really, truly believe that not one day goes by that I don't realize how blessed I am to be able to do this. And I'm completely humbled to have your trust and obviously couldn't do it without your support. So in case I don't say it enough, thank you so much. Now, episode number 53, which is one before today's episode, which is 54, we got a ton of feedback on and it was shared a lot and there have been a ton of downloads for it. It's our most popular episode kind of in the first 48 hours that we've had by a long stretch, maybe because of the title. Sure, I get it. One hour per month option strategy, but the concepts and what we talked about in that show is incredibly important. And again, I encourage you to go back, share it with some people that you might be interested or that might be interested in trading or investing or the stock market because it could change the direction of where they go in the future. And that is something that's really powerful. You could be the person that introduces them to something that generates more money than the market with less volatility. So in today's show, we're going to get right into it here and talk about portfolio margin. And specifically, this is going to be a show that's going to be geared towards investors with a little bit more money in their account. Now, obviously, we'll do shows for traders who have less money in their account or kind of quote unquote smaller accounts. But today's show is going to be really geared towards a trader. If you're an investor or a trader and you've got a little bit more money in your account, namely, you've got about $125,000 in equity or more. In fact, I know that there's a ton of people in our membership program that have more than this. There's obviously people who have less, uh, but we've got traders that listen to this show anywhere between, you know, $2,000 of margin all or of account balance and equity all the way up to $25 million. I mean, I've talked to traders who have $25 million and don't know, you know, kind of what to do with their money a little bit. So I think that there's a wide range here. And so again, today's show is more for kind of the more advanced trader who's going to be trading on portfolio margin. So first, let's talk about the basics of what portfolio margin is. Now, if you don't know what it is, or if you haven't heard what it is, and you're trading with a large amount of money, it could be really interesting for you. Because The basics of what portfolio margin is, is just the idea that a broker is going to look at your account on a total portfolio risk basis when you add new trades versus an individual risk basis. So what does that mean in English? It means that if you've got a basket of securities that you already have a position in, it's going to assess the total risk of that whole portfolio. So it's going to say, okay, if all of these things are together moving, or if one thing moves higher and the other thing stays the same, what's the overall or kind of net effect of risk in that basket of securities or basket of trades? And what happens in most margin accounts, so if you don't have portfolio margin, what happens in most margin accounts 
is that they do everything on an individual trade basis or individual risk basis. So if you've got 10 trades, they assume that all of those 10 trades are going to move 100% independently of another. They're not going to assume that there's any cross you know, diversification between those positions. So you're going to have margin and or cash, you know, buying power reduction based on those individual trades one by one versus looking at the entire portfolio and saying, okay, what's the real net risk of this entire portfolio? So a good example of this may be that maybe you have, you know, just kind of two trades just to really drive home the point here, but you've got two trades. You've got a long position in gold and you've got a short position in silver. Now that kind of pairs trade should have kind of a net neutral effect in your portfolio because gold and silver are going to generally trade in the same direction. So if you were to trade gold long and silver short, not to say that I would necessarily do that, but if you're doing that as kind of proving the example here, then your portfolio should have kind of a net zero or delta neutral impact. Meaning if gold goes higher, one position makes money while if silver goes higher with gold, the other position loses, right? So you have this kind of net neutral effect. On portfolio margin, that's how they look at it. They look at the total portfolio and say, okay, the long position that you have in gold is partially offset by the short position that you have in silver. So on those two trades combined, we might not hold you know, all of the margin that's required for both because one's going to offset the other. If you're trading in a regular account or a traditional margin account, then they're going to look at each of those trades independently, not together, but independently, and assess the total risk combined of those two positions. Again, not looking at them as a pairs trade or having offsetting risk, whatever the case is. So they're going to keep probably a lot more margin for those two trades, even though they have less overall kind of quote unquote portfolio risk. Now, as a general rule, stocks typically use half or when you use a portfolio margin account, you're typically going to see half of your margin being used when you trade stock than a traditional margin account. So if you use portfolio margin, you're going to be looking at buying stock. If you do buy stock a lot, then you're going to be using about half of your regular margin that you would in a traditional margin account. And that's good because that gives you obviously more buying power to leverage up more in stocks. Now, of course, that's going to fluctuate a little bit as you start to add different stocks to your account. When it comes to options, because I definitely want to talk about stocks, but when it comes to options, What most brokers do, especially our broker, which is Thinkorswim by TD Ameritrade, is they stress test the option position against these theoretical scenarios. So when they actually go to calculate out the margin that's required, they're going to quickly assess whether the position or how much money the position loses at these different intervals or stress tests. So they're basically going to assume, okay, hey, let's assume that the stock goes up 15% and down 15% in price. And if that happened, what would the effect be on this position? How much money would it actually lose? Now, this is different from, say, maybe a traditional margin account where maybe they use the margin starting at a two standard deviation or three standard deviation level. So they're going to be obviously conservative in the sense that they're stress testing these options up or down 15%, right? The underlying stock up or down 15%, but they may not be as aggressive as saying, hey, we think that the stock is gonna go up 30% or down 30%, right? So they're gonna be a little bit more realistic about what actually happens in the position, especially given the different timeframes, right? Because you're not always gonna be trading for a year or two years. You might trade for you know, two weeks or three weeks or four weeks in a position. Now, in some cases, they're actually going to use different numbers for stress testing these option positions. 
in most cases for an equity option, meaning an option on things like Amazon or Chipotle or Facebook, they're going to use a rough 15% up or down move in the price and then figure out what that impact is on the option value. When you're actually trading some ETFs and indexes, so for example, if you were trading the Russell, which is RUT, or SPX, or SPY, since they know that these ETFs and indexes are less volatile, sometimes what they'll do is they'll apply a scenario stress test of up 10% or down 12%, okay? So they're not going to go as wide as they would with a regular equity ETF. And again, they know that those indexes and ETFs are going to be less volatile, so they're going to account for that when they start calculating out some of the margin requirements. So to kind of prove this point here, I want to look at an example with a short strangle in Amazon, okay? And so it doesn't really matter, again, what we look at. It's just, this is just one example that you could use here with Amazon. Amazon's trading right now at the time that we're doing this recording at uh, $740, okay? So if we were to do a short strangle in Amazon, just our regular short strangle that we would do, the 20 delta on either, or the 15 delta on either end, the regular margin that would be required for this position in a regular account is $11,967. Now, if you were trading in a portfolio margin account, because they're going to stress test Amazon against this 15% up or down move and how much money you could lose at that level, portfolio margin in this case would only require you to hold $2,785. So again, regular margin account, almost $12,000. Portfolio margin account just shy of 3000 So a substantial difference in how much margin is being held in these accounts. Now, if you go over to like an iron condor or something like that, you can also have a little bit less of a margin requirement. Again, that's going to more depend on how wide your strikes are and things like that. But you're definitely going to see, even with risk-defined trades like iron condors and credit spreads and butterflies, that your margin requirement is going to be less because, again, they realize that sometimes the impact of a big move up or down is not going to be as great as a traditional margin account would require. So the reality is, is that this leaves you with more cash to invest, which obviously can be both a blessing and a curse. And that's the most important thing I want to get across here because I've seen a lot of people who are in portfolio margin get themselves very quickly into trouble because they have more capital to invest. Now, having more capital to invest obviously means that you can put on more positions. And that's great because if you keep your position size small, then you can continue to add more positions and add diversity to your account and to your portfolio. The only caveat to that is that you just have to realize that you are margining less money when you start trading with portfolio margin. So if you're regular, let's say before you start trading with portfolio margin, you were allocating 2 to 3% of your account balance per trade. Now you start to see that you could do a trade like Amazon and only have to hold you know, $2,700 in margin for that trade, now you start to think, okay, now I can do you know, 2 to 3% of $2,700. But you just have to think in the back of your mind, it's really not that much, you're holding less money, yes, but your risk might still be a little bit greater if the stock moves more than 15% up or down, or if the index moves more than 10% up or 12% down. So my only caveat and only suggestion here is that if you're using portfolio margin, please err on the side of caution and use the lower end of the spectrum with regard to allocation, meaning 1%, maybe 2% per trade, but try to do everything under 1% because that's going to leave you room for that margin to expand if it needs to expand in the future. 
Now, a key point here is that portfolio margin is not a one size fits all, meaning as soon as you get into the trade, your margin is not fixed at that level. That's only the initial margin that the broker requires based on your entire portfolio. So again, every time you enter a new position, they're going to look at the entire portfolio and say, okay, what's the risk of adding this new position to the portfolio? How much more risk are you taking on by having this position in there? So as you add or remove positions, the risk profile of your portfolio is going to change. So let's say that you've got 10 trades on and now you remove three trades because they're profitable. Well, now those seven trades that are left might have a different risk profile, which might require actually more margin than you initially had. And so for that reason, you've got to keep a little bit extra cash available to handle this fluctuation in portfolio margin. And that's really where people get into a lot of trouble with portfolio margin. I've dealt with it a lot with coaching clients where they come in and they say that they're you know very close to a margin call. And it was because they removed some positions, which they thought would reduce margin, but that actually changed the dynamic of their portfolio to where their portfolio had more risk on the eyes of the broker as far as the remaining positions and the broker therefore required more margin against the the portfolio. Okay, so this portfolio margin is very, very fluid. It's constantly changing. It's also changing with volatility as volatility moves up or down. So one thing that you have to understand again is that as volatility expands, your margin balance is going to grow. Hence, you should try to keep your allocation small and very, very tight in the beginning. And then as your volatility in the market goes up, you can increase that allocation a little bit because you know shrinking or contracting volatility will actually help out in your portfolio. The other thing that people don't know about portfolio margin is that position concentration can increase your margin required. So if you add a position in, let's say, GDX, for example, which is a gold ETF, but then you add 10 more positions in GDX, over the course of the next two weeks, that concentration in one security can increase your margin required back to something around the regular margin requirement. So don't assume that if you add, you know, three contracts or three strangles, and every time you add three strangles, it's $2,700. Don't assume that you can just keep adding that number of contracts and kind of increase this concentration because it's an exponential curve as far as margin required as you continue to increase the concentration in your account. Now, we don't know if that concentration is done by trade size, if it's done by number of contracts, if it's done by percentage of assets or whatever the case is, but just be aware that as you increase your concentration in any one security or sector, that they can increase your portfolio margin to compensate for that kind of unsystematic risk that we see in the portfolio. Now, the last thing that I'll tell you about portfolio margin, if you're interested in learning more about it, obviously go to your broker, find out more about it. Thinkorswim has it. I don't know if the other brokers have it. I've heard that other brokers are starting to roll it out and maybe there's going to be some rolled out by the time that this podcast goes live. But the thing that you need to know about portfolio margin, especially with Thinkorswim, is that you've got to have a starting equity balance of $125,000. Now, the key here is that's got to be in one account. I've had a lot of people say I've got you know, $125,000, but that's across two different accounts or two different types of accounts. It's got to be in one account because they're going to portfolio margin that just one account. And you have to maintain that level going forward in the future. Some people have said that they've had their margin account taken away or portfolio margin account taken away as soon as they get under $125,000. I've seen other people and it's listed actually on Thinkorswim's website that they will give you portfolio margin as long as you maintain $100,000 of equity 
I would say that you wouldn't want to apply for this until you're definitely above that $125,000 limit in your account. And then the final thing that most brokers are going to require, obviously, is some years of experience. Now, they're not going to give you this right off the bat. So as soon as you deposit $125,000, they're not going to say, great, you've got money and we like to give you this ability to do portfolio margin. They're going to require that you have at least three years of experience, which I 100% agree with. I think you've got to have some time under your belt, some experience under your belt that you can't blow up your account. You know what you're doing. You know how to use these strategies before they start to tell you that you have the ability to use portfolio margin. Okay, so that's really going to be the key factor. So I hopefully this has been really good. Again, this was a little bit more of a specific topic, but it's something that a lot of people have asked about. So I wanted to make sure that we get this thing covered in today's podcast. Again, you can learn more and there's additional resources and links all in the show notes by going to optionalpha.com slash show 54. Again, that's optionalpha.com slash show 54. And before you do that, I would love to know if you are using portfolio margin or if you've recently started using portfolio margin. I'd love to know what you think about using it, if you've definitely seen an impact on your returns because you can trade more, or if there's been a negative impact because you got margin called or port margin expanded or whatever the case is. So head on over to the show notes page, again, optionalpha.com slash show54. Add a comment in there really quick. It takes two seconds. Just let me know what your experience has been, and it will help out a ton of other people who are listening to the show right now. Now. The closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. Okay, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to do something a little bit different. So we're not going to look at a trade that we're entering because there's really not a lot available right now at the time that we're doing this podcast, but we're going to look at a trade that we're going to get off or take off and close and manage. Now, this is actually a position that we've been building for a long time here, and it's a set of straddles that we have in SLV, which is a silver ETF. Now, silver recently has had a huge run up and we've kind of traded silver all the way up as it's moved basically from 16 up to about 19 and a half. I think the high that it recently had about a week ago was about 1945. Now, as silver was moving up, implied volatility was expanding and we did a good job, in my opinion, of legging into or laddering into a position in silver. So what we did is is back on, um, let's see the date here, that was on 627, we started adding positions in silver for August expiration. And we did so by first doing a set of three straddles in the 17 strike contracts. Okay, so at the time silver was trading right around 17, we added a set of three straddles at 17. Then later on, and this was about eight days later, we added another set of straddles in silver at the 18 and a half strike. Okay, so as silver went higher, we just continued to add another set of three straddles. Again, now we're center the trade where silver was trading at the time, which is 18 and a half. And then later on, just a couple days later from that, another four days later, so you can see we're just spacing this thing out over time, we added yet another set of three straddles in silver, this time at the 19 strike. Now, at this time that we're doing this video, it's now a couple days after that third set of straddles were added, and we've now seen implied volatility in silver go from 90, or the 90th percentile, down to the 38th. So just in a couple days, we've seen implied volatility dramatically collapse in silver. Now that's really helping out in some of our positions, but obviously silver is still really high. In fact, silver is trading just below 19 at the time that we're doing this video. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go and systematically try to remove these positions, taking off the most profitable first. And today's 
kind of closing bell segment, we're taking off just our 19 straddles in silver. Now remember, we have got the 17, the 18 and a half, and the 19 straddles. The 19 straddles are right now our most profitable. They were our last ones that we entered, but they are our most profitable because silver is trading at 19. So we sold these for $171 each. We did a set of three. We're now gonna take them off for $120, and that order should get filled here in a little bit. It's trading right at $120. And so that leaves us with a little over $150 profit on this side of the trade. And so what we'll do with the remaining two is just kind of wait it out here. We've got 32 days until expiration, at least on the at the time that we're doing this video. So we'll wait to see if silver continues to move down just a little bit as volatility contracts and then systematically take off the other trades. Our other 18 and a half straddle is very close to hitting our profit target, but it's just not there yet. And again, that one's a little bit you know, better positioned because silver is trading around $19. And then obviously our 17 straddle is the one that's not profitable right now. Overall on the entire position, we're still profitable right now, but the 17 straddle is the one that's really dragging it down because we were kind of early to the game here with the silver rally, or maybe the silver rally went a little bit further than expected. So I just want to kind of talk through that in today's closing bell segment, because I think sometimes it's important. We go through a lot of opening trades here, but I think it's sometimes important to talk through the thought process of how we close out trades and how we, you know, laddered into this position in silver and how we're going to ladder out of this position one by one. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and related video training by going to optionalpha.com slash show54. Again, that's just the number 54, optionalpha.com slash show54. And of course, if you like the show, you thought it was helpful in any way, please head on over to iTunes, give us a rating and a review. It's honestly the best way to get the show into the hands of those who need it most, and I would be extremely grateful.